Welcome to the Polite Conversations podcast, where every episode is focused on civility, decorum, and good manners. And I'm your lovable, non-controversial host, Ina. If you know me, you know I definitely don't like to ruffle any feathers at all. This is part two of my conversation with Dr. Caitlin Green on the language of genocide. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I suggest you go back and check that out. And if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it via patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes because it can't continue without the support of listeners like you. We've got on Harvard campus, a video went around thanks to Canary Mission of a student being removed from a protest. And they don't say why, because they want to make it look like it was an anti-Semitic attack, that that this Israeli student was moved away from the pro-Palestine protest by the organizers. But um, new video then comes out that is totally ignored that shows the student was like stepping over all of the, the students that were lying on the ground in this die-in, right? Yeah. And trying to snap photos of their faces so yeah. that he could then put them online. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he was like very gently escorted away from the students who were lying down. Um, yeah, like people are lying down in a protest and you're yeah, stepping and he was over stomping their bodies. All over them. Yeah, that's not okay. So yeah, he and the way that they did it is they took the their scarves and they sort of like held them up to create like not really a wall, right? Because it's fabric, mm-hmm. but they they were just sort of trying to like um, shepherd him away from the students who were lying down. Mm-hmm. But they framed it and it went for days. People were like, oh my God, I can't believe they would treat somebody like this. Um, we got a photo yesterday yeah. or the day before of Yale students um, sitting outside of a shut door, right? And they claimed that they had been shut out of a pro-Palestine talk because they were Zionists. Um, it turns out it was a pre-registered event and had a massive wait list. There was no room for them and they didn't register. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and if you click on the person who posted this photo where like they just look so sad and excluded, you know, they write for the National Review, they write for Quillette. Mm, um, what a strange right. coincidence. Yeah, it's so strange that this happened to them. Mm-hmm. But it, it's easy to just believe these things the way that they're presented without doing a little extra clicking and, and looking around because we already know that anti-Semitism is a very serious issue. We already know that anti-Semitic attacks happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, it just plays into that sort of like pre-existing belief structure yeah that that's probably happening but what gets me is when you can say when ben shapiro can say things like saying that israel is uh willfully killing civilians is anti-semitic right and if you call for a ceasefire you're a terrorist sympathizer like how how does how does anybody fall for that <laughs> well um people in my family certainly have not not close family members hmm. not people that we talk to uh <laughs> Just people you see posts of on Just, Facebook? Yeah, <laughs> that somehow I, I have unfriended like all my grandparents on Facebook, but Aww. I still somehow see their posts. Um, <laughs> well, they there are some of the 
group that really truly believe that uh, if we can just get all the Jews into Zion, then the end times will start. And that's all they want. Um, And they've also been told that this will definitely happen before they die. And they're in their 80s. So it like needs to happen. Oh my gosh. It's like pretty urgent, actually. Um, So they are celebrating... They are saying God is great. They are saying this is amazing. This is the best day of my life. You know, there's some serious celebration happening on that that side of the fence. Yeah, well, Sam Harris told me that the only people that celebrate such things are Muslims. So you must be wrong because... I must have missed... Or they uh, sneakily converted and I didn't notice. (laughs) Yeah, but they're celebrating the wrong thing then. Yeah, oops. Yeah. Um, So sorry. But yeah, like he says, Israel remains a lonely outpost of civilized ethics in the moral wasteland that is the Middle East. Oh, I love the use of civilized there. Mm. The way that they're exploding all of those babies is so civilized. I just don't know. Like, Caitlin, as a linguist, please explain to me how someone can be saying that, using that word... In these times, it's not something that he said a long time ago. It's something yeah. that he put out after October 7th. Right. When when it was clear that a genocide was happening. Well, yeah. It was very clear that there was officials. Yeah, but to call it a genocide is, you know, that's over the top. Uh, it's anti-Semitic and it's uh, sympathizing with the wrong people. <laughs> right. Um So we have an amazing capacity to self-contradict and to use words for their opposite intended meaning because we're trying to serve a discourse that feels comfortable to us and that feels real and right, um, an ideology that feels real and right. And so people will go to extreme lengths to excuse and ignore and erase the hideous actions of a government if it is on the right side of our ideological divisions. I think we definitely also have a bias towards like machines doing killing versus like human hands doing killing as well. Right. So it is, it's more civilized to drop a bomb than to like slit a throat. Right. Like it's more separated, but this is coupled with this dehumanization, right? They've, They've been referred to as rabid animals more times than I can count. So it's more like, you know, culling an animal population than it is killing real people. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was watching this clip of an MSNBC guest. He was telling the host that, you know, you don't have to take sides in uh, what you're reporting. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to report fairly, report that one group is pure evil and the other group is like <sighs> us That's it, right. uh, I saw that. the other group like us israel is a civilized and very imperfect just like us but very civilized human value driven democracy nobody's asking you to side with either side just report fairly report honestly and report one group that is pure evil and the other group like us israel is a civilized they're not they're very imperfect just like we are but they're a civilized human value driven democracy i how 
Yeah, they love to say like hu- humanist and like pro-human and stuff to things that are like explicitly anti-human. It's it's yeah. stunning. Well, okay, so here's the thing about ideologies, right? Is they disguise themselves as obviously true, objective fact, and common sense things that everybody knows. And so he was like completely, I think, sincere in saying like, I just want you to tell the truth. I just want you to be fair right? And treat everybody fairly Mm -hmm. by saying that this side is good people who want peace and that side is evil monsters who want to kill. Yeah. Just be, just be honest and fair that way. Right. And that's because like deep down inside, that is how he sees those groups of people. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how many times that is happening that people are just saying what they wouldn't say um if they thought about it a little bit more and right if you like played it back for yourself you would be like oh no yeah well no because you're the one who said it so you would still stand by it <laughs> well, yeah i'm sure you'd try to find some justification this, or walk it back this or... just speaks to how we can interpret the same input extremely differently based on the ideologies that we harbor yeah yeah i mean we are seeing like complete opposite interpretations like one Mm -hmm. side that is much more powerful and has much more access to resources support funding um is indiscriminately bombing a very densely populated area that is filled with non-combatants civilians Mm -hmm. innocent children and specifically bombing hospitals and journalists families are seemingly pretty obviously being targeted like every day a journalist loses his entire family because i mean it's starting to seem like that because this is a punishment for them putting out into the world what is actually happening because yeah western journalists aren't doing that right yeah um so yeah that that's exactly right um and you know this is a little bit uh, i i'm biased towards this example but a linguist was recently uh removed from his position because he spoke out against the israeli genocide against palestinians because he was working at an israeli university. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's now having to deal with the loss of employment, uh, just for, just for speaking out. I, I scoured his posts and his statements. There was nothing inflammatory. It was just about the death of Palestinian civilians. And like, how dare he, how dare he uh, well, yeah. acknowledge that? Even. Right. From his position on the ground to be able to say like, this is truly what is happening. That is his biggest crime, I think. And the fact that they say that there's a question about, you know, whether it is truly genocide or not. Mm -hmm. Um, They say that one of the things in the definition of genocide is, you know, trying to establish the intent, which is a difficult part of it to do. Yeah. But in this case, there have been numerous politicians, officials, that have said explicitly genocidal things, right? eliminationist things. You know, there was the Israeli minister who said, blow up and flatten everything. It's simply a delight for the eyes. 
there was one that said Nuke Gaza, who got temporarily suspended, but I believe he was back on and participating in votes very, very quickly. There was a minister who said, who referred to them as Gazan monsters and said Gaza should be erased. A vengeful and cruel IDF is needed. Um, one politician said children of Gaza brought this upon themselves. Oh my God. And, uh, there's more than I can, like, this is not all of them. There's so many, you know? Yeah. Even, uh, the prime minister himself, you know, his talk of children of light and children of darkness. And Mm -hmm. then there was the time where he referenced, uh, the biblical Amalek, which says to slay both man and woman, infant and suckling. I mean, yeah, that's pretty unambiguous, right? And this comes to kind of another linguistic thing, which is the selective ignoring of people's statements, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm I'm thinking about when um, the U.S. press secretary was asked, "Well, what what do you plan to do about the indiscriminate killing of civilians, the collective punishment of Gaza?" Um, that we know to be a war crime. And she said, we expect Israel to follow the rules of engagement. Um, yeah, but they're not. Right. And so when you see somebody doing a thing and you say, I expect you not to do that thing, what are you really telling them? You're telling them that you don't plan to react mm-hmm. to the thing that they're doing. Yeah, because they're doing it right in your face. Yeah, you are watching. It. And you're sending them money to do it with. Right. And they're also boasting about it, right? And they're egging each other on and they're publicly saying, here's what we are doing. We're moving, you know, we are forcibly moving populations. We are indiscriminately bombing civilians. Um, That's what we're doing. Now what? And then we just continue to say like, well, we expect you to follow the rules of engagement. We expect for you to do the right thing. And then that's the end of the conversation. And here's some uh, weapons and bombs also. Yeah, also that. Um, yeah, yeah, and and it's coming on this side of the ocean as well, right? We have Lindsey Graham saying we need to level the place. Yes, he says Gaza is going to look like Tokyo and Berlin at the end of World War II when this is over, and if it doesn't look that way, Israel made a mistake. That's horrific. We have Ohio Republican Representative Max Miller says, I don't even want to call it the Palestinian flag because they're not a state. They're a territory that's about to probably get eviscerated and go away here shortly as we're going to turn that into a parking lot. And he said he's frankly okay with that. Um, He said there should be no rules of engagement. Um, Marco Rubio says there can be no ceasefire, negotiated solution, or peaceful coexistence with depraved barbarians who murder teenage girls, children, and the elderly, and then dump them in the streets of Gaza so bloodthirsty crowds can desecrate their bodies. He said Hamas must be eradicated and Israel must respond disproportionately to this and to any future attacks from any enemy. Right, they're literally calling for murder, genocide, absolute destruction of a civilian population, uh, and they're not afraid about it, and they're certainly not getting censured for it. Unlike Rashida Tlaib, who said some true things, and she said the phrase "from the river to the sea," and they took that as a genocidal 
comment, right? Which Israel has also used. When the genocidal comments are coming, what's that? Which Israel and Israelis have also used. Oh, so. yeah, they've, but they don't say it's for freedom, right? They say it's the, we're going to occupy the whole place. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Netanyahu has now said, like, we need to be in charge of Gaza. We're going to take care of, of the whole area. Yeah, um, and uh, there's been a uh, another, like, I think, army official who was on video saying that, you know, there are intentions of occupying more land, and he was talking about even Lebanon. Uh, yeah, and, um, you know, Lebanon has started sending missiles in, right, and because they're saying they want to try to pressure Israel and the U.S. to, to de-escalate. And again, when they're referred to in the news, they're not referred to as Lebanon, they're referred to as Hezbollah. Of course. And, you know, Sam Harris was telling Graham Wood in his latest podcast that, uh, you know, um, I, I just wonder why uh, Israel doesn't decide to preemptively deal with Hezbollah and Iran. Like, why not? Oh, just deal with them. What does that mean, preemptively deal with them? Yeah. Well, yeah, he can never really explore the implications of these statements because they involve, like, leveling whole countries. Looking at this from the vast distance of just being a consumer of news here in America, it's hard for me to see how Israel doesn't decide, and uh, probably in concert with, with American support, that Hezbollah currently constitutes a kind of existential threat and just it needs to be preemptively destroyed. Right? I don't see how they just sit with Hezbollah on their northern border with 150,000 rockets, as has been reported, and a much larger force than they just encountered coming from Gaza. So while they have to deal with Gaza, so while they have to deal with Gaza and, and they have to deal with Hamas, they, it sounds like they would have to deal with Hezbollah and maybe Iran, too. Maybe Iran, too. Uh, so what's your sense of the looming specter of a much wider conflict being sort of inevitable at this point, however things play out in Gaza? To me, it's just so fucking evil to use your massive platform in a time like this where so many innocent children are being murdered you're seeing the videos uh you're acknowledging that you've seen the videos but you don't have much empathy for them because that's just collateral damage and the gazans that even don't support hamas apparently support uh the kind of murder and destruction that happened on October 7th to innocent Jews. Yeah. According to According to Sam Harris. Yes, yeah. before someone clips <laughs> that and says I'm saying that, but um, <laughs> I hope not. That would be that would be upsetting. Yeah, the the other caveat I would introduce is that however unpopular Hamas might be, there's probably a distinction between you know hating them as a form of government and not supporting what they did on October 7th, right? It's conceptually coherent to me to believe that there's some people who thought October 7th was a great victory, and even knowing the details, they would fully support it, but they also think Hamas is a terrible governing organization, and, and they've ruined Gaza, 
There's just, I think it's really interesting how there's a lot of like discourse management coming out of the right right now, right? Where, where they are specifically picking out phrases like those, the Arabic phrases, um, but also phrases like from the river to the sea and decolonization. Yeah. And specifically telling everybody what we should believe that those things mean. And somehow, amazingly, they all just believe um, anti-Semitic murder. Or they all mean that, you know, um, that that they've kind of given us a list of terms that we should not ever read in a realistic way. We should always read them as genocidal. While on the other side, there are explicitly genocidal messages about turn it into a parking lot, flatten the place, respond disproportionately. There should be no rules of engagement. Right. All of that stuff is coming from the pro-Israel side. Yeah. There is no misinterpreting that. But we're just not going to talk about it. But they want us to be focused on phrases like decolonize and from the river to the sea. Um, and, you know, the there is no God but God. You know, those those are the phrases that we should be thinking of as genocidal. Right. It's convenient how this also kind of plays right into the college campus fear mongering it really like, does doesn't what's it? going on at college campuses everyone is a hamas supporter yeah right yeah and so we've got a lot of um well we've got like adult zionists who work at universities who are extremely comfortable who are saying that they're afraid and we have a lot of like young like Israeli students and Jewish students who are not part of that, right? Who, who something happens that the right wants to spin into like a scary event. And then the Jewish students kind of ruin it. And they're like, actually we were okay. (laughs) Um, And that's very inconvenient for the right. (laughs) You know, so like we had that um, Cooper college where there was like a really interesting three second video of um, students wearing like yarmulke who are in the library. And there was a bunch of shouting outside of the closed door. And that looked like very scary. But then if, as soon as it was over, they were like, well, we knew that there was a, a pro-Palestine protest going on um, outside. And so we just stood here and like, actually we're okay. Thank you. We're safe. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so it got like so deflated. Yeah. Um, but it's not like they aren't trying at, because the video's coming out from Gaza. Nobody needs to stage. Nobody needs to script. Like, they no. are just so horrific on their own and abundantly there for everyone to see. Yeah. So there has and they're to be... emotionally like, scarring to look at. Oh, like, my gosh. You shouldn't be able to recover from it. Yeah. It's, it's horrifying. Like, I... Yeah. And so you're seeing that there are these carefully crafted, like, responses from the other side, like... Yeah, I think my favorite one was the Israeli soldier who said, when you're being mean to Israel, this is who you're being mean to. And it was like a picture of a very cute, blonde, blue-eyed Israeli soldier with like a little messy braid. Oh, gosh. Right? Well, yeah. That's the thing is like, who has the time to be learning about internet memes and to be posing with your nice makeup on, um, for, for photos and then to be posting them online. You know, it's, it, it tells you a lot that they have the time and energy, uh, and the, the place 
to put together a photo like that. Well, the IDF thirst traps like are Ugh. a known thing, right? right? Yeah, there was a Rolling Stone article about it, right? About the what they're doing with that, um, and that they're hiring like models and things. Pretty fucking awful, right in everyone's face. And also, what's interesting is that the women that appear in those thirst traps are always very conventionally european looking and conventionally pretty there are like diverse israelis but you don't yeah. really see them in the thirst trap photos there was one um recently where it was two black idf soldiers two oh, women really? i have not seen that they were very beautiful they were doing a dance um and people got so excited about that because they were like look we have diverse uh we have a diverse military force. See, look, don't tell us we're white supremacists. Look here, look, look, look. This seems like it relates also so much back to like the same kind of playbook as the IDW. Very, very similar tactics in tokenizing and, yeah, very token. you know, finding like their own minority groups to parade around. There was a, let me, let me see if I can find it one sec. Oh yeah. A Maori haka in support of Israel because there was a very large, like, organized Maori haka in support of Palestine. So uh, there was this account called the Indigenous Coalition for Israel that did this haka for, with Israeli flags and stuff. And, like, you see the comments. There are so many people that are like, your ancestors are weeping. You know, people from within the Maori community that are right. like... What are you doing? Right. Yeah. And it turns out that actually it was organized by uh, the equivalent of like a Westboro Baptist church in New <laughs> Zealand. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising, is it? <laughs> it still surprises me when they can find minorities that are willing to do this kind of stuff, but yeah. it really shouldn't. As someone who has seen the IDW, I should stop being surprised. There is Candace Owens, oh, there is no, Dave they'll Rubin. Do anything. Yeah. Speaking of Candace Owens and Dave Rubin, have you seen their latest well, feud? I saw like just a little inkling of it. I'm not I don't know. So Candace, Candace Owens is kind of on the right side of this, isn't which she? Which is really strange because she has been um, defending. Well, didn't she say something like minimizing what Hitler did a, a couple of years ago? Like, well, he only yeah, did and then she was like aligning because, with Kanye West on yeah. on stuff, wasn't she? So, anyways, she 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 tweeted something like, "No country has a right to do genocide, no matter who it yeah. is." She didn't mention any country's name, and then Dave Rubin got up in her comments, really angry, and uh, was like, well, "What do you mean?" or something like that. And he basically, it sounds like, burned bridges with her. And uh, she's like, "Well, I didn't even say say a country's name, but it's really telling that you." Uh, assumed it was about Israel or something something along those lines. But this is right. what I mean. It's so strange how the like lines are being strangely drawn in this situation. Mm -hmm. There are moments where Piers Morgan has more decency right. than like, you know, supposed progressive Amy Schumer or Sarah Silverman. And um, Yeah, definitely. Um this particular issue, the the Israel Palestine conflict, it it hits at divisions that we aren't used to picking at that. Like, I think we try to tend to ignore a lot of times. And so an event like this just like puts it all in sharp focus and people don't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's very strange, disorienting. But, you yeah. know, we've got to familiarize ourselves uh, so that we aren't, like, retweeting a pro-Palestinian MRA account or something, you know? Yeah, right. No hinkle posting. Yeah, or that censored man or something, censored yeah. men. I'm seeing a lot of people retweet that, and please just don't because that Do is not, a... Because Andrew Tate. They're going to take that extra attention and they're going to use it for something awful later. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. Um, yeah, did you see the uh, cartoon in Washington Post just today? Like, I for sure thought it was fake because I was like, there is oh, no yeah. way. There is no way that a mainstream publication published something that looks like a, caric a racist caricature drawn by some, like, MAGA weirdo right. on the internet. So, yeah, it looks like it was initially in, like, a, a local Kansas newspaper, and then the Washington Post opinions took it up and republished it to their audience. And it is, yeah, it's horrifying. So it's called Human Shields, right? Yeah. And it's a drawing of like a traditional racist caricature of a Middle Eastern terrorist. Um, big who is, nose, big lips. Yeah. Very lovingly drawn face as opposed to like the rest of it, the thing, which is like not very detailed, right? His face has been given a lot of attention. Mm. Um yeah, he's got the hooked nose, he's got the scraggly beard, um, he's got the turban, and then he's got strapped to him a bunch of, like, confused and upset babies, and, like, one lady in a burqa are all, like, tied to him by a rope, right? A woman who's very, like, kind of, she's, like, half-hidden and, like, trying to make herself smaller and submissive yeah. and... Yeah. And so I guess it's supposed to look like a suicide bomber vest, but instead of dynamite, it's babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just like so sick, right? Because what is happening right now is, again, Israel is indiscriminately bombing civilians, including babies and children and women, and including innocent adult men who also do not deserve to die. Mm -hmm. And what we are seeing drawn for us is, oh, it's actually... It's just terrorism. Don't worry. We don't have to feel bad about it. It's a terrorist. Yeah. And there's so many stories that are just like, they should be such big stories. If you take all of this stuff together, the fact that they are not covering really important news, like Israeli officials using explicitly genocidal language, yeah. and the fact that, like, there was a story, okay, so I, I asked on Twitter if anyone had seen a more, like, mainstream, reliable source publish it. No one had, but then some people had linked me to, like, Israeli publications that had published it in Hebrew, and then we had to Google Translate it to read it, and so it does seem like it's a legit story that there was dozens of doctors, Israeli doctors, yeah. that signed a letter or something to encourage the IDF to bomb hospitals. Right. And, you know, you, there's language like they're calling it like a wasp's nest, a terrorist nest. It's always the, the animal comparison, right? A den or a nest. Animal, insect. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is um, very classic dehumanization, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So in the rhetoric of reaction, one of my favorite books, Hirschman talks about the rhetoric of like reactionaries. And the first rule of reactionary rhetoric is called 
perversion, which is where you argue that your opposition is going to bring about the opposite of their goal if they keep doing what they're doing. Um, so it's essentially like blaming them for their own, for the things that are happening to them, right? Like, can you give an example? Yeah. So saying that like, oh, um, the, these, these pro-Palestinian protesters, right, they're actually hurting their own cause by chanting to the river and the sea, uh, or from the river to the sea, right? Uh, because they're, because everybody knows that that's like a genocidal expression. And so they're actually like, garnering ill will by doing these protests. Okay. Um, so you, that way you get to avoid saying that like, oh, also I support the genocide. You can be like, I'm sympathetic, right? right. But they're actually hurting their own cause. Yeah. Just like this concern trolling kind of. Exactly. And so we had on CNN, Jake Tapper doing exactly that, mm. right? Where he said something that has concerned us greatly, something that we have uh, wondered about ever since Hamas brutally attacked so many Israeli civilians on October 7th is, what did Hamas think the Israeli military would do in response to that? Did they not anticipate that Israel would retaliate? Did they not anticipate that Israel would retaliate in a way that would cause innocent Palestinians in Gaza to die, especially given the fact that as has been established by Israeli intelligence, U.S. intelligence and journalists, the fact that Hamas embeds within the Palestinian population, what did they think would happen? And then he cuts to a quote from a Hamas representative talking about that issue and and why it's, you know, concerning to them, but that like they can't really stop it. And so they say no nation is liberated without sacrifices. Mm. And he says, not t Tapper said, not exactly an expression of regret for innocent Palestinian deaths. So he's blaming Palestine for their own deaths. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, um, fuck that guy, because I don't see anyone being like, well, no, we love that guy, you know. Um, yeah. But let's also talk about what Israel is doing. Yeah. That's the right. distraction. Yeah. I'm not interested in saying that like Hamas is good actually, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which is what they want to force you in a position to be in. Yeah. Right? It's a Just, false dichotomy. Again. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. But what is Israel doing? Right? right. It is extremely exonerative, right? To refer to Israel as just like the natural reaction. Yeah. So, like you know, what they're doing, like, what did Hamas think would happen? Of course, this is what happened. That that takes the agency of Israel completely out of the yeah. conversation. I mean, there are so many ways to have responded. They could have had a more, yeah. like, uh, precise kind of uh, campaign to find these specific right. terrorists rather than just indiscriminately bomb children and bakeries and hospitals. Well, yeah, ideally you send, like, uh, an ex a team, right, of human soldiers in to... Yeah to storm in a place and get the specific people that they're after as opposed to carpet bombing. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, had a pedant on Twitter saying it's not carpet bombing. Actually, it's another kind of bombing. Oh, I yeah. saw that. But then they said like, show me the planes Israel uses. And it's like, you mean the ones in their hangars that they take photos of all the time? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Show me the planes here. Here's the planes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very silly. Um, very, yeah. Concern trolling. Um, and this concept of like exonerative language, we, we talk about it a lot when we talk about like police officers doing thing, doing wrong things, mm -hmm. right? You have like 
officer involved shooting and then mm. everyone's like how was the officer involved i wonder mm-hmm. um or like man dies after altercation with police mm-hmm. it's like oh just after it just happened afterwards he just coincidentally <laughs> did he, died did yeah. he trip into a manhole or something like what yeah. happened yeah <laughs> and so like this this concept started out just pointing out the passive voice that would show up in headlines where it would be like um you know person killed or like building burned and it's like okay but who did it right you've you've moved to the tense around so that now the subject is gone but it's expanded in other other research to talk about like other ways that you can tweak language to exonerate the people or to kind of erase the responsibility of the people involved um and also the use of things like euphemism or the kind of burying the lead like putting the meat of the sentence way at the end Mm. So that people don't really understand what's happening until it's already over. Well, sometimes it's it's become it's become so ridiculous that the sentence structure just is incoherent, and that we right. see like mainstream publications like the New York Times often engaging in this. Right. So there's some headlines yeah. if you wanted to read them out. Yeah. So here's here's a good one. Um, this has a lot of it in there. Uh, so it goes: explosion. Gazans say was airstrike leaves many casualties in dense neighborhood. So that's bad enough, right? Because that has something called epistemic stance in it, where you insert reasons to doubt the veracity. So Gazans say it was an airstrike, not just airstrike. It was, yeah. It's an explosion that, well, we're only hearing this from the Gazans. So, you know, don't don't take it too seriously. Um, And then the subheader is the one that has like the most euphemism in it. So it says dozens were taken to the nearby Al-Aqsa Martyrs Hospital where a photographer for the New York Times saw the injured crowding the hallways and the lifeless being prepared for burial. So the lifeless there is like kind of a euphemism. Mm -hmm. It, It separates you a little bit from the reality that these are murdered corpses. Yeah. And is that New York Times? That was, I believe, NBC. Okay. Um, let's see. Here's a, a lead bearing one. Um, this one was also NBC. Dozens killed in Israeli airstrike at Al Maghazi refugee camp at the very end, right? It's not mm-hmm. dozens of refugees were killed. Yeah. It's just dozens killed. And then at the very end of the sentence, you find out it was at a refugee camp. Yeah. Because it would be more upsetting if they put the refugee camp first. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the New York Times ones where Israel killed a Hamas leader at a refugee camp, but many others were wounded and killed, Hamas said. So this has a bit yeah. of a couple of things you were talking about. Yeah, it has that um, the insertion of doubt, right? The epistemic stance. It also really buries the lead hard. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, like they're saying Israel killed a Hamas leader at a refugee camp. Hooray! Yeah, that's that doesn't sound so bad, but many others were wounded and killed, but they won't say how. Also, yeah. um, many others were wounded and killed, and then there's Hamas said. Hamas said, yeah, Hamas, yeah, and again, it's the use of Hamas as opposed to to any you know Palestinian said or just like you know that people died, like you can tell. Well, you know that Hamas runs the area, right? So the fact that they keep saying Hamas run health Mm -hmm. ministry, Hamas run this, it is to make you think that 
you know, all the numbers of deaths and everything being reported is just, like, bullshit from right. terrorists. They may as well just be, like, the bad guys claimed. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that is that is a really good one. Oh, yeah, the one that you sent me is, is incredible, right? The journalistic malpractice one. Um, so it, that's New York Times again. Israel hit a dense Gaza neighborhood saying it killed a Hamas leader. A nearby hospital reported many deaths. So that's taking the causality completely out of it, right? Oh, separately. Yeah, completely separately, this also happened. A hospital reported many deaths. We don't know how or why, but Israel hit the dense Gaza neighborhood, uh but, you know, killed a Hamas leader. Hooray. Yeah. Is that related that the hospital also reported many deaths? Unsure. Unclear. I'm not going to say. Um, Oh, yeah, this is the one. The New York Times, again, um, they were trying to add some context, right? So they were talking about more than 700,000 Palestinians either fled or uh, were expelled from their homes in what is now Israel during the war surrounding the creation of the state in 1948. Um, And then they explain that this was called a Nakba, right? He Mm -hmm. says this. People are warning that this will end with a similar Nakba or catastrophe as the 1948 migration is known in Arabic. Mm. So that's euphemism, right? Calling it a migration. Well, also there was a clip saying this was a, what was a humanist corridor or something? Yeah. Ooh, that's really euphemistic, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, someone was like, no, that is ethnic cleansing. These people don't want to leave. It is not a humanist corridor. It's a humanist, but it's so, we just are so nice about it. It's humanist, uh, this this forced migration. Um, Similar, the humanitarian pause, right? Mm. Biden kind of accidentally, I don't know, admitted that the humanitarian pause was really more a chance for like Israel to get their uh, plans together. Mm. So that's not very humanitarian, is it? No, and then Biden also, like, put doubt in everyone's minds by saying that, you know, this is, yeah, he's sure thousands of people have been killed, but, you know, these numbers come from the Hamas-run ministry or whatever. So it's impossible to confirm because it's the Hamas-run. It's just so fucked, man. Like, people wonder how these kinds of atrocities happened, and... We're seeing it happen in real time now, and anyone with any power won't do anything. If they try, they're losing jobs, they're being silenced. It's happening all over the place. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, there was uh, an author that was going to get an award just for for a novel, I think, that she wrote, right? And her uh, award ceremony was canceled just because she's Palestinian. Yeah. I mean, where are the free speech people? Was that just for Nazis and people who wanted to say the N-word and do blackface? Is that what it was for? <laughs> now, the organizations like FIRE, right, they have put out statements and they're trying to pressure like Brandeis to reverse their decision to de-recognize the Palestinian student group there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is the thought leaders are kind of like trying to be fair about this stuff. Their followers are not happy. Fire is very like on and off with this fairness. They really are. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're, they're very choosy sometimes because they only want to get involved when they think that they can really like 
legally exert pressure, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so this is one of those cases with Brandeis where they're like, hey, you actually have it in your school policy that these kind of principles are something that that you will not impinge on, right, for, with your students. And so we actually do feel that we can legally pressure you to reverse that decision to de-recognize the student group. Mm-hmm. So that's a legal letter that they can send, right? But um, it's so funny that, yeah, they, they won't really exercise that kind of restraint when it's a right-winger that, like, got criticized, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they'll, they'll do all the tweets and all the statements on for that. Well, not to mention it's a lot more people than just them, right? It's like yeah. all the IDWers are, like, boycotting yeah. Patreon for, you know, deplatforming Sargon for saying the N-word or whatever. Right. But those same people, that's all perfectly actionable, apparently, but they have to be, oh, they're so careful about choosing their causes when it's something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Sam said, Sam Harris said uh, things like, you know, these are like barbaric people who will put, um, you know, the desecration of, like, I don't remember the exact words, so please, internet pedants, forgive me, I'm paraphrasing. This is a general <laughs> thing that he's saying. If you want my comments on the exact, exact words, you can listen to Woking Up 9, where I do go through these types of comments of his. Yeah. Um, but those are also called out of context or whatever. Well, anyways, you can't win with the internet right. pedants. So he was saying about how, like, you know, these are people who take joy, who rejoice in the misery and destruction and uh, murder of people they have dehumanized. And they, they have put it out on the internet for people to see. But does he ever mention that the IDF put, like, gamified, like, kidnappings and TikTok songs and humiliations of Palestinians. I saw like one interaction between a streamer and an IDF soldier who was like, I kill every Palestinian I see. I hope I find you one day and kill you, motherfucker. And he's like, why? Because you're Palestinian. And it's like, well, these things aren't inherent to one group as much as he tries to make it sound like that. Right? Right. Yeah. And, and we've got, you know, these ridiculous like sketches and videos and statements that are coming out that literally do just like revel in the misery of other humans very explicitly. There's no question about that is what they are doing. And then on the other side, we get like every once in a while, a rando says something kind of genocidal or, um, no, I won't say kind of like truly genocidal, um, or anti-Semitic, right. Or we get, um, like a very heavily edited video of somebody explaining their initial feelings on October 7th before they understood the devastation. And then that is supposed to be an indictment of the entire Free Palestine movement. Yeah, it's just been... So yeah, very uneven standards of evidence there. Uneven standards of evidence, of reporting, cowardice from journalists, Mm -hmm. um, just unbelievable stories about doctors encouraging bombings and there's no one to report it so you have to go on to sites in hebrew and use google translate and try to piece the story together it's it's crazy out there yeah we're really seeing how our information is being managed super in real time and You know, there was that senior UN official who resigned who said how he thinks this is a genocide. 
But what is remarkable here is how explicit Israeli leaders have been about genocidal intent. You know, normally the difficult thing to prove in matters of genocide is intent. Here we've had the prime minister, the president, cabinet ministers, uh, senior military officials, all explicitly declaring genocidal intent on the record and in public. So there's no question that there is at least a prima facie case of genocide uh, that's being perpetrated here. And I think the context is also important here because this is just the latest in a series of ethnic purges of areas of historic Palestine that started in 1948 and has continued to this day, incrementally in the West Bank, to be sure, and in Jerusalem, but in a very wholesale way now in, uh, in Gaza. And I think it's really important that the UN, which is the guardian of these international norms and standards, calls a spade a spade. And when you have such a clear case as this, the term genocide needs to be applied. There have been so many, like, uh, experts and historians on genocide who have raised the alarm about these types of things. And uh, really, no one is, no one in power seems bothered. Yeah. Just don't say from the river to the sea. Oh, yeah, because I hear that's actually really evil. Yeah. To hope for a population to have freedom and, like, representation in their own government. Ugh. Yeah. So what are your closing thoughts well i've been trying to track this since a month ago right that's when october 7th that's been a month now yeah um and i think that some of the needle is moving a little bit like the dehumanizing and exonerative language is still happening but there is a higher likelihood now that like your headlines will include phrases like Gazans or Palestinians or refugees as opposed to Hamas. Mm. Um, and I think that does reflect a pretty obvious disconnect between like our government and our people that our our people are very much against uh, the Israeli genocide of Palestinians and that they are actually willing to rescind their support for otherwise progressive candidates who are not willing to be with us on this. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know what's going to happen in the next year, but I, I do think that that is not going unnoticed. Mm. And I think that it is starting to, to be reflected in our media at least a little bit. Yeah. We'll keep that pressure up, I guess everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Do not let up. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. Thanks. And uh, yeah, it's always nice chatting with you. Even know this when is a really hard topic. <laughs> it, it is a very difficult and painful topic, but I think it's important and I'm glad we did it. And uh, yeah, take care and I'll see you out in the Twitterverse. Oh boy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support it, there are several ways you can do that. You can share it online, talk about what you just heard. You can leave a five-star review to help others find it too. And you can also subscribe via patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. No E in mangoes. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter before it's uh, completely wrecked, you'll find me at nice mangoes. Again, no E in mangoes.